Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police from pulling the wool on us. Facing and taking on all the plate to pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinize and do their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. As you probably have heard by now, uh, Facebook recently got into a bit of a fuss over its moderation decisions. The uh, story began after a Norwegian newspaper named Aftenposten, I'm not even quite sure how to pronounce that, but I'm going with Aftenposten, uh, did a story on photographs that changed the history of warfare. And uh, one of the big ones was uh, an iconic photograph by uh, the photographer Nick Utt, from the Vietnam War of a nine-year-old girl completely naked running or fleeing from a napalm attack, running down a street, crying with other children around her and soldiers and explosions in the background. It's a very, very moving image, and it's no wonder that it's become very, very iconic. Uh, Afton Poston then did what basically every media property does uh, uh, after posting a story, and they posted it to Facebook. And the image that showed up on Facebook was that particular photograph from the story. Uh, then Facebook's moderation team, either some random algorithm or its team of low-paid moderators in far-flung places like the Philippines, looked at the photo and said, that's a naked girl. And we don't allow naked girls on Facebook, and therefore that photo needs to come down. And down it went. Uh, Afton Poston protested, and the reporter who wrote the story reposted the story in the image, and then he had his personal account suspended. Uh, Afton Poston appealed to Facebook again, and they sent back a fairly terse email um, listing out the rules concerning photos and nudity and saying that this particular photo was not allowed and didn't fit into the rules and suggesting that the uh, newspaper publisher pixelize the image if it wanted to keep it up. Uh, even the Prime Minister of Norway got into all this and posted the image on Facebook himself and complained about Facebook censorship. Aftenposten then wrote an open letter to Mark Zuckerberg, uh, angrily denouncing him as acting as their editor when they didn't ask for that. And this has kicked off quite a lot of debate, uh, with many, many people obviously attacking Facebook for taking down the photo and then doubling down on the appeal. Uh, it also brought back the somewhat silly debate, in my opinion, over whether or not Facebook is a media property or a tech property and what that means for how it handles moderation and news. In my mind, no one actually comes out of this story looking particularly good. Uh, Afton Poston's open letter is frankly, somewhat ridiculous and condescending. Um, you know, Facebook doesn't have to host its content, and Facebook taking it down doesn't remove the content from Aftonposten's own website. Uh, furthermore, uh, Aftonposten's suggested solution for all this was completely ridiculous. It suggested that editors, presumably from big legacy publications like its own, should get special powers on Facebook that normal users shouldn't have access to, and that would basically override moderators like Facebook's. But at the same time, there is certainly a growing concern about the power that Facebook has over media and news consumption these days. Many people rely on Facebook as basically the internet itself, and they don't realize that the internet goes beyond Facebook. 
And that's probably true for even more people when it just comes to their main feed for news. It's just Facebook. That's where they get their news. And if the, comp if the company is robotically moderating content, it at least raises some concerns. And things that raise some concerns make for interesting discussion topics. So here to discuss it today, we've got our usual co-hosts, Hirsch Reddy and Dennis Yang. So let's start with the basic question of what should Facebook do in these kinds of situations? Yeah, I mean, so like, what what is Facebook's? What are they trying to achieve by by kind of censoring posts or doing any kind of? But by, by censoring posts, I mean, yeah. basically, it's you know, it's it's weeding the garden, right? I mean, that's how they look at it. Yeah. You know, if if you don't have some sort of moderation, then the system gets taken over by spam and trolls and you know, conspiracy theories and mess and fake stories and all of that kind of stuff that they're concerned about. And so they want to have some, some level of quality control. And so it's, you know, it's weeding the garden is basically the way they look at it. And, and then also, you know, yeah. when it comes to like, you know, nudity of children, <laughs> there, there are actual, you know, legal issues there where, right, right. you know, uh, child pornography uh, is, is illegal, you know, um, very, very clearly. And so, you know, they have strict rules on, on you know, uh, underage people who are nude. I, I think um, th there's a couple of issues here that, that make the discussion a little more complicated than it needs to be. And like you said, the fact that there was a naked child there actually gives Facebook several outs that they probably wouldn't have in other cases where they've probably performed similar kinds of censorship mm -hmm. because it's completely understandable that a company might want to have uh, very, very strict rules when it comes to uh, children and nudity and remove quite a bit of discretion from the hands of its human censors because it, uh, a mistake there creates strict liability, right? Like possession of child sure. pornography is like a very serious thing. And and can you imagine the uproar if uh, Facebook failed to censor something that that, uh, that the wider community on the margins even considered even slightly pornographic, right? So in this case, with this photo of the burning girl, um, if you think about the decision maker in the censor seat, uh, they probably may not have realized, maybe they were young, they may not have realized what an iconic photo that is. And they may not have realized its historic significance. And so what they saw uh, probably completely met the probably the guidelines, right? Like you said, for like yep. child pornography. And so I can understand that. However, I think that kind of lets Facebook off the hook, right? Because there's been other instances where things were merely violent or merely distasteful. And they've also uh, exercised... Uh, you know, this sort of censorship. Now, whether that was like kind of more active censorship where the photo is deleted or it simply doesn't appear in your friend's feeds, uh, you see what I'm saying? It, they're, they're definitely having an editorial touch there. Yeah. And, and really the question I think we should ask is, uh, when you have a news feed, it's it's natural that you do want the company that that sort of provides you the news feed to have to have this magical ability to know what's in your head and eliminate what you would think is spam and yet leave everything else that you think is interesting. Uh, you see what I'm saying? But but you know, practically speaking, what can they do? I think one of the things they can do that they haven't done is give people the ability to sort of tune what level of sexuality and violence they'd like to see, as opposed to sort of blanket deciding for everyone. And I, and I think that's one of the issues. Yeah. Um, 
so I, I don't understand why they haven't done that. Like, I think we should be able to tune sort of our news feeds and say, you should be able to say, I want to see absolutely no nudity. I don't want to see any violence at all. Do you see what I'm saying? And like have some yeah. kind of tweaks there. I, I don't understand yeah, why they haven't and, done that. And and I mean, I, I not too long ago, I'd written a thing more focused on Twitter than Facebook, but I think it applies, you know, in the same way, which is that, you know, instead of trying to build this like giant moderation system for everyone, when everyone has sort of different levels of, of interest and, and, um, you know, comfort with different kinds of content, mm -hmm. why not actually open up the system? So not just let people design kind of their own. And I sort of, in my article, I'd refer to them as sort of recipes, you know, uh, or, you know, recipe filters, but then allow them to be shared. So, you know, you could have a community that says like, this is, you know, we, we tweak our own filters this way. And then you're, you're taking the, um, you know, the obligation to some extent off of the platform itself and letting users sort of set their own, you know, level of comfortableness with that kind of content. Or by joining these communities, you mean? Yeah, well, just agreeing like, okay, we're all going to use this this filter. We're going to, you know, or you're going to hand yeah. over, like, I trust so-and-so to... Mm -hmm. to to write um, good filters that to, I like. Right, mm -hmm. to, to, to write good filters or, you know, again, or you, like, you know, use a filter and you can make certain tweaks yourself as well. Uh, to some extent, I, mean, I think they fulfill that by having sort of group pages and things. If you if you had the ability to essentially join a group page and were mm -hmm. able to say on the group page setting that, hey, everything that they post, just let it come to my feed, that would basically fulfill that. You could join the groups that you trust. And, yeah, you know, but, but it, I mean, it goes groups. beyond it goes beyond groups, right? I mean, it's just your regular news feed is not just the groups that you're part of right no no but i understand that but what i'm saying is in terms of being able to see otherwise censored content that would be one way around it using their existing infrastructure right yeah maybe this this, this thing about like sort of having a a uh, community of sort of i don't know curators is also yeah. interesting but i think it basically is just a different lens to the same thing that already exists right it's like a subreddit sure. or it's like a group or whatever it's just you, you just have moderators and people can s select which ones they want to follow basically right? but yeah i think i, think, I mean i mean i was gonna say it's a little, little different than moderators in that mm -hmm. I, I wasn't talking about moderating the or curating the content itself but the actual sort of filters um instead so it's 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 a little bit different, but I, I, I get your point. Sorry, Dennis, go ahead. No, I, so here, here's what here's my kind of question about this: is is the was the problem with Facebook kind of censoring that image? Was the problem that Facebook did it, um, or and like kind of unilaterally on their side, kind of? Um, I or think was that, the problem that yeah. like like you know. I don't know what what what's the issue there. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, the the concern that people had was that it that it's Facebook doing this, and, that, and to some extent, Facebook is, you know, so the complaint that that the newspaper had in particular was that you know that uh, you know they blamed Mark Zuckerberg directly as if he's the one sitting there going, "This photo shall not pass," which is obviously yeah. you know ridiculous. I mean, but, but they, the, they, they kind of blew it a little bit out of proportion. Yeah, oh, sure, sure, sure. Right. But but they were they were basically saying that that they're taking over the editorial function, and. You know, and nobody wants that, you know, so if people want to follow Afton Post and they want to follow Afton Post and they trust the editorial decision making yeah. of the Afton Post and editorial board. And so they were upset that, that their that content Facebook is censoring. Right. But the, this right. is on Facebook's platform, right? Like Afton right. Post is, is free to post whatever they deem appropriate on their website. Yep. Um, and Facebook 
has so, no problem, so, no, no power to censor those photos, right? Right, exactly. And so, and so that's that's like the pushback, which is like this is not really censoring you. It's you not. have you have your own website, and you have all your content there. But so then, so I, I can see this from both sides, right? And 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 I go back and forth where I look at yeah. it from from one perspective. I'm like, yeah, and then I look at the other. And from like, yeah, because okay. So so, so let let's take the censorship bat out of you know because. As soon as you start screaming censorship, you know, and this one, you know, people are screaming child pornography even before it began. Um, you know, so what if Facebook, instead of censoring the photo, just made it so that it never showed up in anybody's news feed, right? Um, and nobody ever ever saw it. Right. Um, well, that's, that, that's what I was talking about before no, right. with sort of censorship by other means. But it's not censorship, right? So in that case... Well, but some people like, argue it is, right? And so, 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 but here's the thing, right? So, so, but part of the argument is that, you know, the the newspapers and lots of media properties and uh, still they see facebook as sort of their distribution channel right and so because it's become such an important and key um you know source for readers these days it's it's so big that it Mm -hmm. you know they sort of see it as like you know you have your printing press and you have your delivery trucks and you have facebook as a distribution channel and they should be the ones deciding And, and to some extent I recognize that, right? As a publisher, when I put up a TechDirt story and I expect it to be reachable on Facebook because we have an audience there who wants to read TechDirt and that's how they're getting it. And so I want them to be able to see it. Now, at the same time, I recognize that it's Facebook's platform and they have every right to then moderate it and and curate it the way that they want to. And and I don't have a right to do that. But, But because it's become such a key place that people go for news and it's such a big distribution channel from the media side it's a little tough to take that you have this third party who's then deciding whether or not your readers the people who chose to follow you in some cases can even see the content that you've chosen to give them but i mean on on the flip side this has probably been the best week of traffic for Afton Post than they, than they ever had, right? <laughs> right. So, so there is there is the like you know, well, play up the controversy yeah. aspect to it. The censorship and, and, is the best thing that's ever happened to them. <laughs> and and yes, and 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 I agree with that too. You have this sort of counter speech, right? Somebody tries to shut down your speech, you you speak yeah. out back, and then that but creates a, the controversy. For this, I think uh, <laughs> there's it's something, somebody somehow <laughs> something effect. Yeah. So, I mean. Yes, but but then and and I agree with that, and I've made that point plenty of times. If someone does something really unfair, that you have, you know, thanks to the the internet and the fact that anyone is a publisher in some sense or another, like you can speak out, and the injustice of it, which was the reaction that many people had to this, that this was unjust, was that or unjust, and that you know, uh, you know, that creates the story and yeah. and changes the narrative. But there is also some element of you know, like, yeah, but, you know, not every controversy gets that much attention. Right. Not every controversy goes viral. And, you know, should you have to create a controversy every time Facebook makes a stupid editorial decision for whatever you, reason? Right. You shouldn't. But what I, what I will say is from the other side, you know, you're saying that, hey, newspapers should be able to post the content that they post. Right. And, and their readers should be able to see the content that they post the way they post it. I will argue that clickbaity Article titles are the newspapers creating content specifically for the Facebook platform 
And you know, if, if they're going, <laughs> if they're going to say that, be like, no, we're going to, we're going to stick to our, you know, standard editorial process and post what we believe is what the reader should read. Then I'm going to challenge them to never write a clickbaity title ever again. <laughs> yeah, you're, you are absolutely right. And, and in fact, right. I mean, this is, you know, where some of this debate started from was like just a few months ago, right? I mean, you know, the whole concept of clickbait basically came from people trying to game the Facebook system. Right. And, 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 you know, just a few months ago, Facebook basically declared that they're, they're now downranking you know clickbaity stories and and yeah. news, you know news news in general um yeah and, and this is kind of the you know <laughs> the news the news uh sites kind of making their own bed right yeah like, totally totally yeah i mean it's 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 completely reasonable to then to, to argue back the, the point that it's like you know yes like you know facebook has become the you know this sort of key distribution channel because the newspapers made it that way and so for them to then complain when when facebook you know pulls the rug out from under them is a little, maybe a little hypocritical yeah it's a lot of it <laughs> well if you if you look at the way sort of um Facebook acts as sort of the prime sharing um, mode in the United States, I think it should be recognized that that's not the case in like other geographies, right? Like, for example, mm. in, there's a lot more direct ways people share. In the United States, it's true Facebook and Twitter and these kind of more curated feeds are probably more um, prevalent. But like, for example, in India, people just use these shared WhatsApp channels. Yeah, yeah, and then but Snapchat I mean, is a huge channel. Um, yeah, you know. but and I mean, Facebook is still really big in a lot of places, no, no. including India. I mean, Facebook is very big it in is. India. Sure. It's so, big. but what what I guess what I'm getting at is, I, I think, you know, if Facebook becomes way too heavy-handed, right? I feel like that will be sufficient for sufficient um, impetus for like one of these other modes of communication to sort of even gain steam in the United States, right? Or in Norway or all these and these other places, right? I, I don't think, I know everyone thinks that just because they have a very, their biggest social network is on Facebook, that that's a very insurmountable barrier and that, that people will never stop sharing there. But I, I think I think Facebook actually is kind of constrained. And I think we'll, we will, of course, have these kinds of um, controversies on the margin, like this, this Norwegian one. But I think Facebook probably knows that they have to be very careful right like their their power is only so great as uh the level of satisfaction they give users they can't abuse it too much so i think for example like you were saying that they've now started editing and downrating uh clickbaity article titles right mm -hmm. you know some people might see that as a very slippery slope now you know they've always all of a sudden become the arbiters of kind of what articles are in good taste or what titles are in good taste you can imagine that becoming like very, uh, uh, what's the word for it? Uh, you know, a very constrained environment, right? For independent creators that they have to fit into sort of Facebook's on, uh, you know, the mold that Facebook wants sure. article titles to fit into. Uh, you know, so that would be one concern. But I, I'd actually think that, you know, if they get too cute with that, um, you know, there's a, a number of other outlets that people share things like Reddit, etc. And I think they'll, ju they'll just lose traffic ultimately. People will spend less time on Facebook if it becomes this very safe, very uh, predictable sort of a news feed. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's just sort of the, the, yeah. the marketplace of ideas. And, you know, if, if Facebook but makes Facebook a lot of mistakes. But Facebook is allowed to do that. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Yeah. I mean, okay. 
I, I, I don't think anyone well that's not true right so you know I actually just had an, an, an argument on Twitter with someone who was going on and on about Facebook's responsibility and I was like well who defines Facebook's responsibility it's it's Facebook and and you know there's the, the, the basically what what uh, the person I was arguing with sort of kept going back to was that you know, like you know this was such a, a sort of obvious error that Facebook should be regulated for it. So that which brings up the other <laughs> the other question, which is, you know, and I've heard some people discuss this, which is like, does there need to be, you know, uh, either does there need to be regulations for this, which I think the three of us would probably all say no. Yeah. Um, but but right behind that question is, will they anyways? Right. So you know, governments get that upset about the power of Facebook in these kinds of situations. And this seems like something that, you know, gets a lot of people up in arms about what Facebook is doing. Do you then see regulations behind that about sort of what Facebook has to keep up or take down? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think you're, you're going to get any argument <laughs> from like the three of us to regulate this. Um, well, here, so here's the thing, right? I mean, there's, the thing about regulation is like I think in some cases uh, a, a an entity or a market can get regulated even though there's just there's you know something much less than a majority of people that think it should be regulated right sure oh yeah far I mean, less happen, and, happens all the time yeah it happens all the time right um, and uh, what I'm saying is that you know even even within certain interest groups once you have all the interest groups sort of delineated out even if you can't find a majority in any of the interest groups that want something to be regulated it still might get regulated for various reasons right like it's it's it, it, strange things happen so um, i i think even if facebook is very well behaved and does its best to kind of stay out of the most dangerous areas that like you know for example politics pornography you know things like that um, uh, and when I say stay out of politics, I don't mean stay out of like posting anything related to politics, but stay out of exercising, exercising sort of editorial control, right, in that area. Mm -hmm. Even if they stay away from that, I think inevitably there will be some events on the margin, right, which, uh, which, will, will, which will essentially in the future sort of create calls for regulation of some sort. It may not be sort of heavy-handed, but I think it's almost inevitable that by the time we have the next election, or maybe it'll be the election after that, I think there will Facebook's hands will be tied a little bit. And I think part of that is because the way this election is going, I think the next election is just going to be a, a complete chaotic <laughs> war zone, right? Like, that people are so upset about sort of alt-right memes and things like that. And then alternatively, when those alt-right memes, which might be offensive, are are uh, censored, then the people who uh, are on the right feel like that the alt-right label is being unjustly used and that's like heavy-handed censorship. And if it's not censored, people get sensitive about hate speech. Like So it's almost like Facebook is stuck in the middle. And no matter what they do, I think they will they might actually be relieved to at least get some kind of clear instructions where they can say, Hey, well, we've, you know, we followed the rules. So, you know, we're off the hook kind of thing. I think, I think they, it might get to a point where, where they're almost like kind of relieved to sort of, uh, offload the responsibility, you know, to some extent. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like I, w I would hope that the, the product managers at Facebook 
don't feel relieved about not having to solve a problem, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> it's, I, I don't think it's the kind of tra- it's the no, it's not it's not the kind of tractable tractable problem that you can give to a product manager, right? Sure, you can. no, you can't. But it's the kind of thing where you essentially say, look, there's a channel of communication that everyone's listening to, right? What are the acceptable types of speech on it, right? So, for example, if if MSNBC was like this sort of monopolist. Uh, channel that that nobody else could sort of communicate on, and it was sort of the majority of viewers, and there wasn't an alternative Fox News, which is kind of the place that Facebook sits, right? There's no conservative version of Facebook or liberal version. There's one version of Facebook. If MSNBC was was sort of a monopoly, you better believe there'd be no compromise with that product managers of MSNBC could come up with in terms of what the editorial tone should be of their broadcast, right? Like no matter what tone you take, someone's going to be upset about and call it censorship when you don't give prominence to their messages. It's it's not a question of the technology. It's a question no, it's of it's not like, a technology. I, I feel like you set up a straw man there, but like yeah, <laughs> um, you know, I I just feel like they. You know they're optimizing for engagement. Like I don't know what they're optimizing for over at Facebook, right? But it, I imagine them to be optimizing for overall revenue, which is then obviously tied to engagement, um, such that if they do notice that certain people are really being turned off by their Facebook newsfeed, they're going to try and optimize for that. And this seems like kind of what they do, right? Um, and but yes, that, it's a complicated well, problem. But, I mean, no, but you're talking orthogonally to the issue, right, Dennis? You're talking about how do they optimize for revenue. But the problem that we're discussing is the fact that when they optimize for revenue or to make this the feed more uh, pleasing for a particular person mm-hmm. or, or edit it in any way, another okay. party has a problem with that. And that's the problem that calls for the regulation. And that's the problem that you haven't answered. Like how do they sitting in product as product managers with that skill set or really any skill set, how do they solve that fundamental conflict which is that people Wait, call for the, regulation where is that conflict they can call for regulation right like but to them as as building a good product like yeah sure you can complain about the way i run my product but great complain um, no but that that's exactly my point my point is with those complaints will be sort of the impetus to regulate right so you're basically coming around to sort of un- my, under what fiat like you don't you have no power to I don't know. I don't know what. Well, <laughs> if regulators get <laughs> yeah. interested enough in you, exactly, get they'll, they'll find a way to do it. Yeah. But I mean, I, I I think it's interesting that, like, you know, to some extent, right? So, you know, and Facebook. If you then look at sort of how Facebook approached this, right? And so eventually they they you know uh, apologized and, and agreed to, to change their policies, and they let the photo go back up, and they said they would review, sure, which, which review is, their systems and all that kind of stuff. But but if you look at the way Facebook sort of has been acting around this issue and so like you know getting into the mind of the the product manager they they still see they do see it as sort of a technology challenge right so it's a, it's a yeah. you know i mean and, did, did they ever say if this was an algorithmic censorship no or? they they didn't say i mean the, you know there are two things right so nobody knows what the the first reason why it was pulled down but we do know that you know once it got escalated then there was definitely a human and that human um, I believe not in Facebook they, headquarters, they yeah. but yeah, they, they upheld it and they sent a little, you know, description about these are the only cases in which nudity is allowed, which is like, and, and you know, it's funny because I, I don't have the paragraph in front of me, but if, if you look at the paragraph of, you know, things that are allowed where sort of nudity is allowed, it's all clearly like examples of previous, uh, um, uh, conflicts that that made news, right? So there's like, I mean, bre- is this specific photo like exempted from exempted from child pornography rules, or like I don't want I don't know if we want to get into that, but well, like, it's it's not child pornography because child pornography requires a, a 
sort of titillating aspect oh, okay. to it, is right? So that's not right. Yeah. But you know, but there are certainly you know finer lines between like well, what you know what counts as 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 child pornography versus what is not. But but there, it, it's not a child pornography picture, okay. um, and. Um, but but sorry, I, I got a little off track. But the the you know it, it was it was sort of so algorithmic that you had this yeah. you know you had this guy I think in Germany this sort of you know where it was escalated to who was looking at it and just saying like these are the rules this doesn't qualify these are the rules this doesn't qualify like could not set up a the, you right. know Facebook does not have a system that says we need to make an exception here and we should like it was only like once it became a big deal and it was all over the media yeah. that you know. Basically, you know, Mark Zuckerberg did step in and say, like, we need to fix this. <laughs> and so, like, you know, could you see a setup that is more like, so I'm thinking of an example like, you know, Zappos, right? So Zappos is really famous for their customer service for, you know, they sell shoes and, and stuff. But but they've empowered their customer service agents to basically do whatever is necessary, whatever you think is appropriate, as opposed to having like very strict guidelines and rules. And therefore, like Zappos customer service is, is pretty famous for you know like doing silly things but 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 being completely reasonable about it if, if a human comes to you with a nah, real but, problem figuring out a way to solve nah, it but you guys are totally glossing over one of the key aspects of censorship systems which is that you can't have that kind of one-off flexibility and the reason you can't have Why it not? is be, and the reason you can't have it is because people will complain about favoritism and different standards across different kinds of content so you need clean rules and you can see this on youtube but, all but the time but people already complain about that with with Facebooks. No, no, no yeah, but why do you have to have it's only going yeah, it, to only gonna get worse then, right? Because then somebody from some kind of alt-right uh, area will, will, will essentially say, hey, look, I made this kind of content that had this kind of nudity or whatever or violence, and they edited it. And then this sort of progressive website did it, and they didn't edit it, right? And it's because a censor who's sitting there will have different yeah. kinds of perceptions of those things. And then that will only make Facebook more of a target for regulation, that, right? Then we get to discuss it and like yeah, as a culture I mean, understand what, you know, what yeah. we think should be censored or not. Right? I mean, you know, there was like this whole example to it where it's like I, I actually think like context matters and that's where the flexibility actually helps. Yeah. I mean, there was this example, right, like not too long ago and I don't remember the exact specifics and again this is this is on Twitter and you know, basically um, someone had said, basically, there was a, a mob that went after someone, and people who are familiar with the story can figure it out. But I'm not going to get into the, the who's who here. But you know, a, a mob of people went after someone. It was very nasty, and and basically, the person who was uh, accused of inciting that mob, whether or not they actually did it, was then banned from from Twitter. And the the person who was uh, on the receiving end, the victim of of sort of the the uh, the mob behavior, you know, had tweeted out some stuff very, very angrily in in response to to being attacked, which was you can understand why. Um, but then somebody's kind of as a test, basically took that person's tweets and then tweeted them back at that person, and they got banned, right? And so. I don't know if that was not clear at all from my No, no, I understood exactly yeah. what you said. What you said was exact speech that someone used that was a quote-unquote of the victim category. Yep. That exact speech was mirrored back to the yep. victim by someone who was in the sort of majority category. Sure. And the person in the majority category got censored, and everyone took this to mean that sort of Twitter is this very uh, kind of uh, – 
censoring censoring sort of right wing voices or something like that, right? Right. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Without identifying um, the, the parties yeah. involved, but but you know, but again, like the the context actually didn't matter there. But it but it is tough to see that at times when you look at the two things. You're like, here are the two exact same tweets, and one you know one leads to an account suspension, and one doesn't. That does feel unfair. Um, but you know, then when you when you look at the wider context and you take a step back, and you're like, well, is it? And and it's it becomes a, a tougher problem. But I think, you know, you know, I think a, a platform like a Twitter or a Facebook can make an argument that you know, if you give some flexibility to people at you know an upper level, so if if um, the content decisions are, you know raised, uh, you know, protested and raised to a certain level that, that they should have some flexibility to look at the wider context and determine whether or not it's appropriate to allow the content to go or not. And I don't think that, you know, I don't think the world ends when that happens. In fact, I think you avoid the situations like, like what happened with Afton Poston. No, I, you know, I completely disagree. I think the thing that you guys are not seeing is that when you're at a YouTube or a Facebook or a Twitter there is a fire hose of this kind of issues yes. that come up every day. And what you are asking for is an army of extremely nuanced individuals first, which is difficult no, to assemble. No, 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 I am and not saying first because I, I agree. I totally agree. Like I recognize that problem and I make that point. Like there are a lot of people who assume that it would be easy to, to filter all, all this stuff. I'm not saying that at all. I recognize the first line defense is always going to be some sort of – No, 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 no. You don't – mass rule-based no, system but i'm saying mass, once it once it gets escalated to a certain level i'm saying that some... escalated stuff is a fire hose and i said even to deal with the escalated second order after the algorithm stuff even that is a fire hose and besides it being a fire hose it is extremely difficult to avoid the type of issue that you were to, we were just discussing which is the the um being called sort of that being you know uh being uh, portrayed as sort of a favoritist, right? That's very difficult, especially since. Yeah, but but nobody's saying they have to avoid being called a favoritist, right? No, but but see, this is now you're falling in the same trap as Dennis. You're essentially saying, well, <laughs> well, essentially, you know, as companies, let's just not worry about what Washington D.C. could do to us as a result of that, right? They have to be I, conscious that they might said that. They might be. I never said that. They might nor implied it. No, but <laughs> essentially, what Dennis was saying was that, hey, you know, don't worry about it. When they come to censor us, you know, then we'll have a discussion as a community like you know as a business as if that's like a good thing that that you might sort of be put on the chopping block of regulation wow based I, based I, on you know i said that it, well that's what it, you know essentially what did you say dennis when i, I was saying yeah. you know this will lead to censorship right because people will be upset because there's all this uh, uh, perceived favoritism you essentially said yeah and then we'll have a discussion about it but what what does that mean that's that's a discussion on the floor of the house right that, that has real complicated real complications of, for businesses of the house it's, of, of representatives yeah exactly i mean they're making laws because at that point once you get to the point where it's regulating, he's arguing that the, the conversation will happen. Yeah. So, so yeah. because nobody ever does discussions outside of the house. No, no, no Dennis. No, 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 but no, that's you, not what he's saying. I, 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 <laughs> I, you get what I'm saying, right, Matthew? Yeah, Which yeah, is like yeah, basically, by the saying. time it gets to the point where senators, Republican senators, are complaining about this censorship, mm -hmm. it's basically you're basically six months away from someone writing some completely overreactionary piece of legislature, right? I mean, this is how these things happen, right? Various like. You know whether it's you know over, overreactions with sentencing, with various named victim laws, or overreactions on computer fraud based on you know like one sort of blown out of proportion event. Or do you see what I'm saying? Like 
like these kind, all it takes is for there to be one clear cut, illustratable sort of favoritism. Yeah. So, so what and, you're saying and, is, in order to so to prevent such an overreaction of a discussion, have strict rules that you have to adhere by ear to. That's what you're no, saying. No, no. What I'm saying is, if we want to avoid this kind of a thing, I think there's kind of no option but for every platform to give users the permission to allow on to their streams what they want. That's which is what I said in the beginning, right? Which yeah. is essentially essentially say like I want to see all the crazy stuff that's going to come out of, you know, uh you know, the alt right or I want to see the most, you know, left-wing progressive stuff ever and I don't care but how But you're you're still going to run into issues with like spam and and child pornography in those cases right? well I, th I think those are the things where sort of a rule-based system and someone sitting in the seat is uh is That's not right. going to be is not going to be called sort of as playing favorites when they get mm -hmm. rid of spam or when they get rid of sort of pornography and i think that is the case where they can deploy that kind of stuff without getting caught in this left-right battle right uh i think the most dangerous place to be is to be caught between the republican and democratic parties <laughs> or actually the the far left-wing and right-wing really of those parties i think people in the center don't really give a crap but you see what i'm saying <laughs> and, I, and i think like it's it's very amusing in this election uh well actually I, actually i don't think it's i think it's already starting to become kind of frightening in this election but I think we have no idea how crazy it's going to be <laughs> the next yeah, election. This election right? has gone way past being amusing, but that's probably another <laughs> question, another podcast. Yeah, yeah. All right. But, uh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, part of the reason the election is going the way it is is because if you look at, for example, the GOP campaign right now, right? The people who are at the very top of Trump's campaign are people that kind of are from the very deep web. Right. Like, I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Right. I mean, the guy who's the CEO of the campaign is a guy who used to sell gold on WoW. Right. Like he really understands the deep <laughs> Internet. Right. Like he used to be a WoW gold farmer type guy. Right. And then, uh, you know, these guys were writing, writing blogs. They're on like 4chan. It's like very, you know, uh, sort of niche uh, online communities. They are like very familiar with that stuff. And and. On the left, there's a lot of people that are the same way, that are like sort of very familiar with very sort of niche ways of kind of uh, putting out content, or I should say niche content, and, and being very sort of uh, smart about how they push it. And those people are kind of rising into political campaigns. And I think the generation that's going to be voting for the first time in the next election and the election after that um, are very different, are coming from a very different internet than we came from, right? Uh, they they uh, are, came from a lot more segregated communities in terms of sort of the, the polit political spectrum. I, uh, I, all right. Uh, I'll say. That. And, and, that, and that's a result of, of, of social, social media segregation. Okay. The kind of so, stuff we're talking so, about. So, okay. So, well, that's going down a, a tangent. <laughs> and it's a yeah. big tangent. And it's, but, it's but, a it, big but it plays discussion. into censorship. And, 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 and it does play into censorship. And I see the connection. I also think it's exaggerated, and I think it's it is it is like it it to me it sounds like the the the, the talking point of old people you know arguing about the kids these days and and their comic books or, or whatever. But but um we're not going to have that discussion right now because I, I think we're we're done for today. But but maybe it's something we can go go back and and actually do a later podcast on about whether or not you know the kids these days the those darn millennials and their, their social media clicks or whatever you want to call it. Um, I, and I do agree that it, it 
that issue does play into this debate, um, but I'm not sure yeah. it's it's a bit far off from from the central discussion. Well, I, I, well the thing, the reason I, I think it's not that far off is because the con- the the end point of censorship is essentially to create safe space for one uh, flavor of of uh, of tastes or another, right? That's that's the whole point of censorship. It's it's to create these safe channels, essentially, right? Not safe channels, but curated channels of, of a sort, right? Because, you know, uh, other than the removal yeah, but, of but, spam... But, but, but this, right, but see, that's the thing. Other than the removal of spam, you can't just drop that in there because that's that's like, you know, that's one of the key points in all of this, which is that, you know, if you agree that spam shouldn't be on the network, and most people do, then you've already agreed that there that some moderation is okay, and then it's just a question of where on the spectrum of moderation you're you find acceptable, right? Yeah. No, I think spam is a little different, though. But I don't know if we want to <laughs> extend this conversation yeah. talking about spam versus uh, content, because uh, spam it isn't the it's often the originator of the message and not even the sort of the message that's sort of objectionable, right? Well, maybe, but uh, yeah, I, I, let's, let's not go down. Yeah. <laughs> we're complaining about the other rabbit hole. Let's not go yeah. down this one. Um, I think, I, but I think, I think we're kind of out of time on this one, but, but I'll, Hirsch, you're, you're worked up. So I'll let you have, have some sort of final word <laughs> oh, here. Geez, well, I, I just got worked up and f- had my point though. <laughs> uh, you, you can close off now. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Dennis, do you have any final one before I go? No, you, you you can wrap up. All right, all right. So I mean, I I, I think this is this is a topic that's you know we've sort of discussed it on the side before as, and other issues around this, and I think it's a question that's going to keep coming up in terms of you know how do these platforms handle different kinds of content and whether or not there should be moderation and how do you handle things from you know whether it's child porn or news or filtering or moderation or spam or abuse or harassment or you know whatever you want to call it. Um, it's it's a difficult discussion and and as these platforms become bigger and more central and and basically you know take over um, the sort of central distribution role it becomes it also becomes a challenge for for the media and, and in an age where everyone is their own media property it becomes a challenge for everyone who who wants to be able to get their you know their opinions or statements or words or whatever out there um, and so. I don't know if there are easy answers, and I think it's it's an interesting question, an interesting challenge, and one that's going to keep coming up. And so that's why I thought this was a pretty interesting discussion, and it seems to have given us a few other things <laughs> to talk about in the future. Um, so so thanks for for having that discussion, and thanks to everyone who's listening. And uh, we'll be back next week. Bye guys. Bye. Stand up to them, someone will get hurt. So grab a shovel and dig up the tent.